guys, Ogobarbaran here, also known as Brett, and with me today we... Hey guys, this is Sebastian, also known as Doombox on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> also known as hate mail, trolling us. Uh, hi guys, this is uh, Daniel, also known as DP0427 on Reddit. Hey guys, this is hate mail. And we... <laughs> uh, and we are the Oddsmen, along with uh, We Are Legends. Uh... Soon to be everything anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Soon to be WROL broadcasts. Well, I, guess, I guess, well, that's a good way to segue into what I was going to say right now. What I was going to say is, uh, as you guys know, this is going to be the last episode of the Osman broadcast uh, being episode 20. Nice round number to end on. Because if you're not already uh, up to speed, we will be merging with We Are Legends. Uh, we are already in the process of moving all of our stuff over there. We're in the way, in the in the process also of changing some pages so that it reflects our new name, which is WROL Broadcasts, um, which was uh, was thanks to you guys in the community that helped us pick this name. So um, the runner-up to this was the Gorilla Codcast, uh, K-H-O-D-D, for each of our names. And we probably want to keep that as a name probably for a segment that we want to do in the future as part of our new show going forward. So look forward to that. Hopefully we'll get that started in December if all things uh, fall into place. And also next week is going to be the last two episodes of the... We're going to release two episodes next week. It'll be the last two episodes of We Are Legends, the regular podcast. And then we'll have a merged once a month show, most likely is what we're kind of leaning towards. That will be a combination of our two shows. I mean, I guess while we're on the topic, we guess I guess we could spitball it a little bit live with everybody here. And for those listening on the podcast, they can hear this too. Uh, the idea, I guess, for the new show is that we're going to have a sort of newsy segment style. Whenever something new happens, uh, whenever breaking news happens, new kits are released or the silhouettes of a character are released. We're going we're gonna to release a podcast for that week, talk about them real quick. And they're going to be short sort of, um, I don't know, what, 10, 20 minute segments, something like that, right, Hey. Yeah, I was thinking 10 to 15 minutes. And then, you know, if I go on one of my psychotic rants like I did with PvP, which you <laughs> all hear about soon, we can do a new segment on it. And instead of, you know, making a whole show. Yeah. And then basically the idea of the Gorilla Podcast, what we talked about uh, just a, a few minutes ago, was that at the end of the month, um, I guess uh, we'll try and get as many of the five of us together as possible at one time and just go over what how the month has been for us um, and just say you know what's going on, what we think about the new characters, the reworked characters, the meta, etc. And just talk about whatever. And it's also the opportunity for you guys uh, to ask us questions during the month and then we'll answer them on the show at that time. So that's basically the gist of it. So it's not going to be a lot of like going over characters like we did in the Osman show or that w they did in the We Are Legends show because we'll be doing that throughout the month already. So it'll be more of like just a summary at the end of the month. Yeah, because a lot of times when the characters first come out, we have our initial thoughts on legendary orders and what we think about them. But a lot of times, I mean, I'll use Donna Troy as an example. I really thought she was going to be trash at the beginning. And then now she's a meta-level character. There you go. And that would be a great way to sort of uh, bring that up into something like the the gorilla podcast anyways i guess while getting into it let's just wrap things up for our previous old format uh for those of you guys who were listening to the the osman po uh, broadcast from earlier this month we already went over the rework characters with uh bizarro and doomsday so this month we're going to go only we're only going to go over the new uh characters being zod and brainiac so i guess we'll start off with uh zod and what I'll do first is for each one, I'm going to read their kits. And since Doom is not here and Hate Mail's filling in, 
he's gonna go over um, what he thinks of each of them, and then we'll we'll discuss them at length afterwards. Here comes a new challenger. Zod gonna blast you with his heat vision, <laughs> and the animation for it is super cool. And then he's gonna freeze you, and he's gonna punch you into a bajillion pieces, and it looks super cool. <laughs> but the thing is, you always want to take his four because it means he can't miss, right, Hey? Yes, that is the only one that is important. All right, let me let me get. <laughs> you take it first, not fourth. All right, all right. So I got his kid up here, so I'm gonna read it here. So his first, uh, Zod's first ability is Heat Vision Strike, and it's special damage to an enemy, legendary. If Zod deals a critical hit, apply one heal immunity and deal additional 10% true damage. His next ability is Kneel Before Zod, and points for flavor there. Love that. Uh, gain three intelligence up and two crit chance up, and uh, 50% chance to gain 75% uh, turn meter up. The legendary for this is extend the duration of these buffs by one turn. The third ability is Freeze Breath. Now, the Freeze Breath is heavy special damage to an enemy. Always apply five int downs, and the legendary is cooldown minus one for all of Zod's ability if enemy is killed. And then his first passive, his fourth ability, is Warmonger. Zod gains plus 50% critical damage. Uh, the legendary for this is can't miss on all attacks. And then uh, the fifth ability is his leadership, New Krypton. All allies gain plus 15% critical damage, or sorry, critical chance. Uh, legendary is if a teammate deals a critical hit, 70% chance for Zod to gain uh, death immunity, and 10% chance if the teammate is Kryptonian. And that's his game. So what do you think, Kate? Um, So far, I mean, he's not a bad character. And if you don't have Red Robin, Terra or some of the other characters that do what his kid hired gun dead shot. He's a great alternative, but I kind of feel like he's a poor man's version of that team. He's great when he crits initially, whenever he first attacks his three does so much damage. And if he gets that crit, he can wipe out Harley Quinn MJ right out of the gate, which is awesome. But the problem I have with him and the reason I don't like using him as much is that unless you're running hired gun dead shot as a leader, he doesn't always crit. He does most of the time, but he doesn't always crit. And then he doesn't always kill her. And if you're running an Atrocitus team, which I've been running a lot of lately just because I want to be able to win PvP fast and gain 8,000 points that I have to gain, I'd much rather use Terra for the evasions down. Same thing with his leadership. His leadership increases your crit chance, which is nice, but I'd rather just do Hired Gun Deadshot because a lot of times the reason you're running someone with a high crit is because you want to be able to eliminate a character out of the gate, which is typically Wonder Girl. So... I do like him. He is a very good character, but he's, I feel like he's kind of a, you know, he doesn't do quite what you want him to do in all the different facets. He doesn't really bring a whole lot to the table other than high damage. Well, he, he's special damage also. Yeah. So it, that makes, I, yeah. I think that can make a difference. But I'd rather use Starfire in most cases. So, you know, I just I don't see why I would want to bring him over other people in a lot of cases. This is where I'm going to come in. So, I agree with basically everything you say to in general because you bring up all the right points. The only thing is that looking at Terra, uh, Starfire, uh, Zod, and there's a few other characters sort of fill that spot, right? That heavy green damage, special damage dealer that can deal with anti-evasion characters. Now, the thing that you want to note about Zod that, that makes him stand out is that he can't miss on all of his moves, in, which includes his nuke, right? His heavy his heavy uh, damage third ability, right? 
Now, if you take a look at uh, Terra, and if you take a look at Starfire, all their damage, all their big, big, big damage abilities can miss. Now, their can't miss abilities are the basics, right? Uh, Terra's basic and Starfire's basics do roughly the same damage. I'm going to say that Star or Terra does a little bit more, maybe, than Starfire. But the reason why I bring it up is because you can't one-shot Harley Quinn Magister with either of those characters' basics, right? Meaning, uh, Zod is, I think, the only green character that can one-shot, guaranteed one-shot kill Harley Quinn Mad Jester and and not miss right. Yeah, and based on I mean, and if you're running, I mean, there's uh, there are some team comps where that is going to be better overall. Right. So that's why I say he's not a bad character. Yeah. What I'm looking at right now personally is that the fastest way for me to gain the zillions of points I need in PvP is to run Atrocitus teams, and that gets rid of the weakness of Terra by having her. One, you know, you always use her basic, which also applies heal immunity, which I know Zod can too, but Terra has a much higher chance. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. And and then I notice whenever I'm using Terra, she plays evasion down, so my other teammates don't miss as well. So I mean, I get what you're saying now. Uh, so if your if your argument is based on atrocities, then yeah, definitely that is definitely the case because Zod is not going to be doing that much because he's going to be doing the same thing that basically Starfire is doing. She's trying to hit him with, uh, hit characters with her basic. He does okay damage, but it's not going to be insane damage. And neither is Zod's basic either. You want him there for his third, and you want him there to be doing his third on Harley Quinn Magister. That's basically the real reason why you bring him most of the time. But that being said, he is a poor man's version of a lot of different characters. I do give you that, but. I think that if the meta were to change, um, he would have a spot in a different way. Like, I think that a lot of people are criticizing the fact that he may look weaker, especially his gear kit may look weaker than other characters too, because he's actually pretty easy to kill by pretty much any mystic, right? So part of the th- part, what a lot of what people were criticizing about him was his leadership, but his legendary on his leadership makes him survive his squishiness so to speak. So that's where I'm building um, Zod. I'm actually planning to take him full gear, uh, legendary five, gear 11 as well. I'm almost there, but not, not there completely yet. But I think that his leadership is going to make him annoying, not probably on the same level as power girl annoying, but it's going to give him sustainability at least. So I think I've messed with that a lot and I wasn't seeing it personally it could just be that my rng my characters don't crit very often on their own so that extra 15 percent really doesn't do much but but i mean all in all i think he's a good character he may not be like the same levels of broken as the other free characters that we've had in the past but i think he's still you know he has a spot so yeah he's definitely not bad all righty um any of you guys have any other thoughts on zod kneel before zod <laughs> all right how about how about a legendary order hate <laughs> there's a lot of debate on this one really the one that everyone universally agrees on is four and on, if you only took him a legendary one you're perfectly fine after that i personally like his i want to say his um his one next because even though it doesn't proc that often that heal immunity i find it to be extremely useful with facing seven out of ten boards with atrocitus anymore but there's a good argument to be had for two next or even three. Because if you're if you're playing a match where you're running a hired gun dead shot or a crit heavy team where you're going to new Carly on your first turn, being able to have all your cooldowns go down real quick is high. So I think there's a lot of debate. Or if they want to play like you do and use the leader. Personally, I have the leader as last. 
And Okage runs two first because he thinks the buffs lasting an extra turn is pretty important. So I think it's kind of dependent on playstyle. The only one I would say is really important is four first. After that, everything else is kind of up to debate on your playstyle. Fair enough. I mean, me personally, um, like I was saying, I think five is important for him. I don't value it so high that I would take it above a lot of other moves, but I don't think I would put it last personally. The hardest part about his kit for me is because I like his five, I don't know where exactly to put it. And it, it's also very hard to say what's the worst out of his, like to put last, right? Now, I would put four first, as you said, uh, personally. So I guess for me, four, and then I took one as his second one because I like the utility from heal immunity. Basically, any ability that gives me an extra debuff basically for free or with tacked on damage, even if it's very conditional, I, th- I still think it's, it's fine to have, right? So you probably want it somewhere in his kit, as long as it's not like super, super gated. Then after that, I would take probably the cooldown on his third, and then maybe leader, and then maybe his second ability last. I think that extending his uh, buff durations by one is important. The question is, is it more important than having him gain death immunity, right? So that's sort of like where I'm at. And that was my original order too, but I decided to move the leader to last after using it for a while. I, I might actually change my opinion once I get to that point. Like, I, I have met Legendary 2 right now. I mean, I have Legendary 4 capable. I just have to slowly upgrade him to get to that level. But we'll see, I guess, once I play with him a bit more. Yeah. You know, I'm actually beginning to question how good his basic is, upgrade-wise, comparatively to the buff duration and the cooldown reduction. Like, I, I get... Heal immunity is nice, but it really does seem like it was just kind of thrown on there and not as good as those two. I don't know. You know what would be really interesting? What they could have done with Zot is that they could have made him like an anti-evasion leader, kind of like a poor man Steppenwolf. But Mm. it's just him that's just anti-evasion, and they just made him like a poor man's dead shot. That's what I think with uh, Zot. That is kind of a a common consensus that a lot of people are thinking of. And I get that. It's more like how you want to use him, right? And here's the thing. Like, he's another Deadshot, if you can think about it that way. You don't have to think of it as a poor man's Deadshot. He's a second Deadshot. So you can have two of them on your team, right? He does work well on Steppenwolf teams because all the crits between him and, you know, a fun team is using Steppenwolf, Higher Gun Deadshot, and him to just get crit crazy. And then actually Aquamoa isn't horrible. You know what? You know what's coming next month. An Aquaman rework. Hopefully, hopefully it's an Aquaman rework. Yeah, but I mean, anyways, I think that if you pair him like on a crit-based team, he works fine. And the other thing to remember is that if you compare him directly with Hard Gun Deadshot, he's a green version of him, right? So where you're going to bring in Deadshot Hard Gun to take out uh, Wonder Girl, you're going to bring in Zod to take out Reds like Harley Quinn, Magister, right? So he serves the same purpose, but on a different level or got a different way, right? So while I while you can use a hard gun deadshot to take out uh, reds too, you can't really use them effectively against greens, whereas Zod can still do pretty good damage against greens. So that's sort of the argument there too. But anyways, I guess uh, with that, let's move on to Brainiac. All right, so go over his kit. So Brainiac, uh, the first ability is Drone Blast. Damage to an enemy, gain 30% shield. Legendary, gain double shields if Brainiac has no shields. Uh, Shrink Ray, second ability. Light damage and apply 6 strength downs to an enemy. Legendary, gain crit immunity. Uh, The third ability is Might of Kolu. 
damage to an enemy plus a hundred percent chance to stun if Brainiac is shielded. Legendary if Brainiac is shielded, sixty percent chance to use Wipe of Kolu on an additional random enemy. And then uh, the fourth ability is his first passive. It says uh, Vanguard Defense, give Enrage immunity and 15% turn meter up to, uh, to team at start of battle. Legendary, 25% uh, chance to call assist each time Brainiac attacks. And then his leadership is the Telekinetic Barrier, give damage immunity to the team at the beginning of each ally's turn uh, until the end of that ally's turn. Legendary, start battle with 30% uh, shield on Brainiac and 50% shield on the rest of the team. So, hate mail, go at it. I'm really, really liking Brainiac. He's just a fun character who's got a cool kit, and if Wonder Girl didn't exist at all, I still would use him pretty frequently. The only, to start with the negative on him, the only thing I don't see the meta changing, even with his release, probably fully. He's not the, the full-on answer to Wonder Girl that Red Hood was to... Deathstroke, and the fact that he's paywalled on top of it, because you can still pretty much you can run Wonder Girl teams against Brainiac and still be effective because she still strips the buffs, yeah, but she just doesn't whip your team into oblivion. But on the positive side, she allows you, or Brainiac allows you to run teams that you could not safely run. I actually was able to successfully run Clayface teams, so that part of it um, I'm pretty happy about. And his stun is awesome. So I've been starting to mess around with stun comps. And they are definitely significantly more effective than they used to be. What would you say is a legendary order for him? This is another one that's got a little bit of debate. I personally went with his five first for the obvious reasons of, you know, slowing down the Wonder Girl train. I like his three next because that double stun and that that move does so much damage that you can, if it hits uh, a physical character twice, they usually die. And then... I don't really don't need his legendary on this leadership to deal with Thunder Girl. It, it comes with the base kit. Yeah, but I just I like the shield. Got it. <clears throat> and I was planning on using him as leader a lot, so I kind of the shield. The shield enables the rest of his kit because he needs to be shielded for his three to, you know, stun right and or proc again. Yeah. Which, to be fair, his his first passive is also really good. Uh, so he doesn't necessarily need to be a leadership to be good. Yeah, I think he could be. I mean, if you're not facing a Wonder Girl team. He's he'll be great outside a leader for a lot of reasons. Yeah, if you put him on if you put him on uh, Atrocitus teams, uh, you'd be getting lots of uh, shield. But then again, if Atrocitus is leadership gives you shield, then you might not be getting that much shield. <laughs> so it's weird. Well, I plan to run him with Atrocitus teams. Um, I want him to be a little higher legendary. I want him to be legendary four before I start messing with that because I didn't take his basic upgrade, which I do think his basics probably the last one I would take on his legendary order, just because. It's the worst of the best, but they... All of his skills are really good upgrades. You cannot go wrong. Yeah, he's definitely... There's definitely some that are legendary. better than others, but... He's definitely a legendary five character. And I think his... I took his two-third because I like that crit immunity. And applying six strength down to an enemy is quite useful against Wonder Girl, Power Girl, you know, a lot of any of your physical heavy characters. Um, but there's a good argument to be made for taking his sec his passive because that 25% chance to call assist every time Brainiac attacks is pretty nice. He's not that fast, so it's not like he's attacking all the time, but it's still a decent... If it was 50%, I would move it higher, but I think because it's 25% is the reason I'm taking it. But it's any attack. <laughs> yeah. 
any attack. Doesn't matter what skill. Most characters only have an assist coupled with, you know, one skill, and it has a cooldown a lot of times, or has a gate. Brainiac just has a 25% chance to call an assist. That's yeah. I mean, absurd. That's absurd. <laughs> He's a great character, and I think at Legendary 5, he'll actually will get slotted into my Atrocitus auto teams. I could see him actually using his basic, calling an assist. I mean, that could be pretty nutty. The one thing that I want to point out about um, Brainiac's kit, and this might, and I think this sets a precedent. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He's the first character that has enrage immunity as a, at the start of battle. It's not a leadership ability. Is that right? Yes. That is huge. I don't know about you guys, but that's really, really important, I think. Yeah, he also he's... is the first character to give turn meter at the start before the start of battle. Yeah. So which makes up for his lack of speed too, right? So like he doesn't he's he's okay, but he's not like you know blazing fast or anything, right? So Well here's something for you to contemplate. What if my castaway green arrow is faster than your reverse slash? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. There is some bonkers things you can do with this. You just control the like you control all the turns all the time. Well, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a really good plan to me. I mean, I mean, just be faster than everybody, and then you just control the, their turn meter, and yeah, that's that, that's it. That's the writing. All the and time. then you have stuns on top of that. Yeah, and then you think about his basic. He gains thirty percent shield, but if you have the legendary upgrade, it's sixty percent shield. That is a lot of shield. Only if he's not shielded. But yes, that is huge. Yeah, but I mean, still, that's long. Because, what is it, Jessica Cruz, doesn't she start with 60% shield? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Like, that's... More shields? It's a huge amount, like... Oh, she's gonna be fast. <laughs> I can't wait to start messing with that. And that, no, that that comes with his uh, base kit. He doesn't need to be a leader to give that turn meter, so that's really cool. Alright, I mean, do you guys have any other thoughts on, uh, on Brainiac before we wrap things up? I wish he was free. I wanted to attack on another idea that he had, that the meta wasn't going to change. Uh, the main difference between Red Hood and Brainiac was that you couldn't run a, a Deathstroke team viably against Red Hood. And even the people running Deathstroke teams were like, yeah, well, I'm just going to avoid Red Hood and then go about my day. And I guess the meta kind of shifted that way, but didn't do too much. Because you can still run... Wonder Girl and not get punished, you she'll still be part of the meta. Meta's not going to change. And the other thing is too is that Brainiac only gives the damage immunity. If they went some creative like yeah, if you get attacked out of turn, they get hit, and so it'd be a bad idea. So unless someone says, "Oh, running Wonder Girl is not a good idea on this team," she's still going to be she's still going to be a meta character. It's not going to change. I think at this point, the only way to change the meta is just to nerf her. Yeah. That's all. So that's a, that's a good segue into our next section. So <laughs> I guess we'll wrap things up there for the, for the new characters talk, and then we'll get into the arena. In the arena, the first subject that we have to talk about really is the meta. Now, the situation that we're currently facing. It's basically, you know, all hail Wonder Girl, right? Now, Wonder Girl meta as it stands, I mean, I guess there's a lot of compositions, and to break it down, um, there's the 
Batgirl, Wonder Girl, uh, Harley Quinn, Manchester teams is the one. Then you have Atrocity Space teams with also Wonder Girl in it. And what else am I thinking of? And then the, the counter those to those teams, right? Like you have the Deadshot. Yeah, the Harrigan Deadshot led teams. Right? So that's basically the, the situation that we're in. And as Hate Mail was leading on about uh, Brainiac, while he is a good answer to her, Unfortunately, it looks like he might not be, you know, the be-all, end-all to the the Wonder Girl meta. And so, I guess Kage was just saying about talking about that too, but do you guys want to elaborate a little bit more on that? Go ahead, Kage, if you want to start. Yeah, so let's, let's put it this way. When you run Deathstroke and Baby Lobo against Red Hood, you go, oh, maybe bringing Baby Lobo into this fight is a really bad idea because Red Hood's going to turn me me down and steal my awareness and stop my Deathstroke from doing anything. He did everything. And so the people playing Deathstroke were like, okay, we can either fulfill different teams or we can just run away. Those were the two options. With Wonder Girl and going up against Brainiac, yeah, your fight's going to take longer because she's not whipping everyone to death, but she's still going to nuke Brainiac eventually. So on defense, Brainiac's not going to do that much for you. I would say that unless the devs implemented something into his kit that said, give damage immunity and retaliate against out-of-turn attackers, you're going to be like, okay, well, it's still a good idea to run Wonder Girl. Unless they can put in something to deter you from fielding Wonder Girl, she's still going to be on your boards. People who have Brainiac, is, they're going to be mildly entertained by having damage protection, but it's not going to change a lot on the meta. And I think... She might need to be nerfed. Sad to say, but that's that's what the reality is. I'm coming around to. Yeah, because I don't think there's a big like I don't. I just don't see what they could implement that would completely stop her kit. I kind of thought this might be it, but honestly, when I was running Brainiac teams, I could use other teams and win a match, but it's a slow grind because you know, it's more of a control based composition, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we get into the whole point situation. When you need to win fast, when you got to just grind hundreds and hundreds of points at three to six points per match, the most effective way to do it is to run Atrocitus, Wonder Girl, usually Power Girl, and then you can kind of rotate around who that fourth person is. Um, sometimes I swap out Power Girl. I have four teams. I've been PvPing this entire time we've been talking, just <laughs> pressing hit and then pressing auto. And I was getting so frustrated with PvP because I just could not climb fast. And then I finally sold out. And started using everybody's auto teams. And sure enough, quick and easy. So there's really no incentive to running the other teams. And I've run into some of these Brainiac teams that take a little bit longer. But Power Girl will eventually strip off the taunts. I mean, Wonder Girl will eventually strip off the taunts. And then Wonder Girl will punch Brainiac in the face for 148,000 damage. And the match will end. just takes a little bit longer than it normally does. So basically, what you guys are saying is that while we do have good quote-unquote silver bullets for the meta is not enough to actually make a dent in the meta, is what you're saying, right? People are always going to use what's the easiest and the most effective way. And even people that want to use other teams, I'll mess around with other teams, but it's Sunday. This meta, this PvP is insanity. It's already over what it normally ends at. It's over 3,000 points already. And for those of us that have geared out rosters, and I'm sure many of you have seen my rants that I've been going on lately about how you're punished for gearing up your characters. 
and even the low-level people don't particularly like it because then they get paired with people they can't beat. So it's just a terrible system all the way around. But if you're your characters beyond 10.5 or a handful of meta level gear 11 characters, you're going to have mostly boards of three to six points. So you're going to have to play 300 matches to win. And just who has the time in the day to play that many matches. And you, so you need a fast team that you can run on auto while you do other things. And the best way to do that is to run atrocitus teams, which is what all the people that have mega gear rosters are forced to do to be able to get into the top 100 fast enough. Cause you just can't, you just don't, unless you have all day to play, you just can't do it. Ogre, do you have any thoughts on what he just said about the, the current state of the meta? He's pretty much right. I mean, the, the trophy system in itself is inherently very flawed. And I don't know why they went with the trophy system over a ladder, but at the same time, sure, I get it. You know, but the, the whole meta, it's not changing. Like, I think the, the easiest way to, to phrase it is exactly how hate phrases it. The fastest, easiest win is what is going to get played. And Wonder Girl literally does everything, and therefore, you're going to run her. It doesn't matter if she has a couple of counters. She can literally do whatever the hell she wants, and no one can stop her for the most part. Like, people have literally gone out of their way to try and find, you know, ways to deal with this brat with Red Robin and Hired Gun Deadshot. You're literally using Red Robin to put True Sight on Deadshot so that you can snipe Wonder Girl and not deal with her. Literally, everybody is doing this because they don't want to deal with her anymore. But nobody's not running her at the same time. So it is everyone's fault that this meta exists. But it's not going to change as long as she is this powerful. Uh, And you even hit the nail on the head because you're using two characters to deal with her to compensate because you're using two physical characters. And if you're running up, especially if you're running up against an energy-based team, which a lot of people have two energy characters on, you need one mystic that can handle two characters. And only Wonder Girl is powerful enough to take on an entire team on her own. Etrigan can, but... I mean, usually Etrigan also yeah. has her too. <laughs> but Etrigan can, but Etrigan only can if he can get around a Taunter. And a lot of times you're trying to get around Power Power Girl or Harley Quinn Majester, and Wonder Girl can strip those buffs and get you get you there and take care of the, I guess while the characters. On, while we're on this subject of the meta teams, right, and the anti-meta, the anti-meta teams, one of uh, the questions or one of the requests from one of our, our fans from uh, the JLRs, Mr. Scotty Mack, he asked, what if we did a segment in the arena about what teams we're running right now in the current meta? So as we were saying, like, Hate jumped on the bandwagon of playing the atrocity-led teams. And then uh, a lot of other people are probably running what Batgirl-ish type teams. What about you, Kage? What are you running? I've been playing on auto, just playing a, the same Atrocitus team. I have no reason to really run another team, A, um, and B, it's just faster. Why, why does it matter? In my case, for so. example, I'm on the other side of the coin. I'm the one fighting against the meta, but then I'm doing what hate mail was just saying about uh, well, I have to run two characters to compensate for one and then I have to build I'm basically playing like a three man team 
with four characters, right? I'm playing the Deadshot Hired Gun Red Robin team with Etrigan and Starfire, or Etrigan and Larflees, or maybe Larflees and Starfire, some combination of those characters, right? And basically, I'm sick and tired of running this team. I know it, like it's good, it's effective for what it does, but it's boring, and it's basically because I'm doing the same thing over and over again against the same team that I'm coming up against. So, you know, this is sort of where I'm at. I mean, Ogre hasn't played PvP in a while, so I guess this doesn't this question doesn't apply to him, right? <laughs> so I mean, this is sort of the state of the meta. And yes, just for reference, I am at 900 trophies right now. I do not like PvP right now. It is absolute garbage. On a non-character that I want weak, um, or if the point system was not so atrocious, I would happily be playing actually right now with. Brainiac, because you can run fun teams again and not be completely at a huge disadvantage. But um, it's still when you need the characters, and it just how happens that there's like three weeks in a row where I actually need the characters, um, it's painful. So you got to run in the team I'm running. I'm running three different ones. I run Atrocitus, Power Girl, Wonder Girl, Terra. That's the most common team I use. Or Atrocitus, Power Girl, Wonder Girl, Catwoman. Or I run Atrocitus, Power Girl, Wonder Girl, Katana. Or Donna Troy. I think I, those are the four teams I run together. And I can be any team with them on auto. Which, it's boring. Yeah. It's not fun play, but it's effective. Now, here, here's a question for you. If we compare this meta, uh, this current situation that we're sort of cycling through the same bunches of team uh, teams, would you say this is more or less oppressive than the Deathstroke Global meta? Because... It's sort of the same idea, the fact that we keep coming across the same types of variations of teams because there's no real reason to play anything else, right? So what what do you guys think? Which one's more oppressive between those two? They're completely different, I think. Deathstroke Lobo allowed you to beat teams that you should have no business beating. Wonder Girl is literally creating a meta around her, whereas everybody was using Deathstroke as leader you don't have to have any particular leader with Wonder Girl. That's the biggest difference. I would say I'm having, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just because I played the game longer, but it, I'm having less fun now than I ever did during the Deathstroke era, which I know sounds... I mean, at first, when Deathstroke came out before Red Hood, it was kind of interesting trying to find challenging ways to beat the strong Deathstroke teams. Then it became really frustrating and annoying because it was Baby Lobo, but once Deathstroke or Red Hood came out, you could just melt through those teams. Which, I don't know, I guess that was really boring too. I don't know why, Just I think it's just because this is the second go-around, so it feels worse. What do you think, Kage? Not much to say, really, on the meta. I think you actually just reminded me one of the biggest things. Deathstroke didn't invalidate any character. It made it harder to use them, but it didn't invalidate anybody. Wonder Girl invalidates a ton of characters. Well, you wouldn't. You weren't running Castaway or Livewire because of their random attacks, because you didn't want to accidentally trigger him. Yeah, you, you couldn't. You, AOE. you would still run Castaway just for his buff purging, if nothing. Else. I didn't run Castaway because he accidentally killed Lobo with his and then start the whole loop. extra shots. It was a couple of characters, but it wasn't to the extreme. I think. I think Ogre like, Ogre's with a forty percent character. I mean, Ogre's point is basically it's still valid the fact that you wouldn't run characters for the f- for the sake of them accidentally killing Lobo, but 
the, the the presence of those two characters didn't make these characters terrible, right? Like they didn't make them like awfully bad that you couldn't play them at all. Like you could still run Castaway Green Arrow and still get lucky. You know what I mean? But for example, you're not going to run Steppenwolf or Clayface into Wonder Girl without you know some sort of Radiant protection, right? Is like, like that's basically the difference between the invalidation that I guess Ogre's trying to get get onto, right? Pretty much, yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll we'll wrap things up there for that then. Before we finish that, well, we're talking about the um, the Wraith Arena, right? Now, hey, you you made, you made a big rant and a big post on Reddit about the the current state of the the Wraith Arena point scoring system. You want to just go over that real quick? Yeah, it's funny because I've br- I brought this up almost every month, but this month it just seemed to because the meta is so oppressive and it's so annoying. You can't really you know, matches take a while, and when you're playing, and we're going to do an entire podcast on this topic just because I'm so passionate about it. But a lot of my uh, fellow owls and a lot of you know many other players I've been playing a long time now that aren't necessarily quite as well happy as I am, but you don't have to be really well happy. You just have to be. You know, have been playing a long time and have a really advanced roster. That the once you hit that wall where you've accidentally done too many legendary fives, or you decided to take a few characters to eighty because of siege, you suddenly hit a wall where you get nothing but three to six with the rare occasional plus nine. And I know some people get a few more plus six to nine, but you have to play so many more PvP matches, and it goes against everything. I mean, it's just it doesn't make sense from a business perspective. It doesn't make sense from a character advancement perspective. The system is terrible. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. Where you have characters that have gotten smart, and there's a small subsection. I was actually surprised when I made the post how many people agreed. There was very few people that wanted to keep it the way it is. And those handful of people are those people that were smart, gained the system, and you know have just a small handful of gear, gear 11 characters that are the meta characters so they can beat any team. Or they are the 10.5ers. And it's funny because I got into a discussion with some people on a different message board that were kind of talking about the topic. And they're gear 9. And they tell me that, and I actually have some screenshots I was going to post in our next episode, that they clear one board and they're fighting characters that are gear 9 as well. So, you know, they're even matches. It's not like it's too hard. Then they accidentally get to the top 100 by clearing one board which just blew my mind because they're getting so many points, which is for me to get to the top 100, I have to clear, do my 27 PVP every day on a busy week like this one. I probably run almost 200 matches and I'm still not quite there. And they can clear one board, get to the top 100, and now they can't finish their board. So they're not even happy with that. You would think that they would be like, all right, I'm top 100. But now they have a board full of high level characters they can't beat and their goal is to get the board clears get pvp points to buy characters they're not as worried about that so all in all it just doesn't make sense the game makes it so people don't want to gear their characters so they're spending less money yes they're making a little extra money from people having to pvp more but we only do that on the weeks we need the new character and the rest of the weeks most of us just say to hell with it and just land wherever we land so we're not worried about pvp because it the point system's so punishing to having a geared roster. Any other thoughts to add to that, guys? See more on the We Are Legends podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So I guess with that, we'll wrap we'll wrap things up there for the uh, the meta sorry the arena talk. Just before we do that, though, last thing to note is that with the gem blitzes that are currently going on, it seems that there's a, a bug that's still persisting with a lot of uh, the gem blitzes since I guess a few months ago. 
um, at the, the last day of Gemblade, so today, um, as time of uh, filming or recording this uh, podcast, it seems that the extra point characters no longer count on the last day of the Blitzes for some reason. It's and it's been a recurring thing, if I'm not mistaken. Like you guys, you guys have noticed that too. I've seen posts about it. I haven't played this one because it was an all female blitz and I knew what that meant. <laughs> so I just did the minimum to get a hundred points and focused on Wraith. It meant garbage. I mean, to be fair, I'm not seeing that many Batgirl teams. Yeah, that's true. I haven't been seeing as much like the like Batgirl, Batgirl, Harley Quinn, Wonder Girl, Donna Choi teams. I thought I would, but like DOJ is in play. I see Jessica Cruz. You know, shout out to my girl. I see a hacker, but no, <laughs> there's a there's a fair amount of variety. Enchantress lead, jeez. Alrighty, so Event Horizon. So hell is only a word. Reality is much, much worse. In the Event Horizon, we're on to the second General Zod Hero Challenge. This this is the first time in a long time that the first one uh, had General Zod all the way through as the main baddie to, to beat. And the second time, now we have Brainiac as, a, as the main baddie to beat all the way through. What do you guys think of the event and the story? I actually really liked the storyline. The storyline was great. Yeah, I mem- I took a screenshot of the first uh, panel on the first event and it was just like power girl still babysitting john and so it's a good callback to earlier to this year's event earlier with uh adventures in super sitting and then they just did a continuation like hey uh jo- brainiac join us because you gotta kill necron because you want to. that was cool yeah i like that that was a that was a good uh sort of pairing of those characters again hey what do you think it was an interesting story. I screenshotted all of them, so I'll have it. Uh, I posted. I think I forgot to post it to the CC, but I was going to post all the screenshots for people that can't complete it. Me, I basically just, I blazed through it, and then when I got to the last by last battle, I had to actually think for a second. The first time I got, uh, I did the last battle. I actually wasn't thinking enough, and I lost uh, Cheetah. I, I thought I was just going to go at uh, Bradyak with yeah i was gonna go out brainiac with some bleeders and uh probably just take him down real quick that way but um the minions hit too hard they hit the minions hit harder than brainiac so <laughs> the first time i went through i only completed on two stars the third the second time i went through it i got three stars uh i went with donna Choi instead of cheetah i think but uh yeah otherwise it was all right it wasn't too difficult compared to other ones mainly because brainiac himself isn't that that heavy hitting of a character but again the minions, they're scary, man. Alrighty. So I guess with that, then in terms of Horizon, um, the only one thing I want to note is the fact that um, we mentioned this in the other podcast was that we lost uh, the themed the themed six day challenge for this month, and it just turned into a regular six day challenge for Lobo. And also that, on top of the fact that we haven't gotten any new PVE content um, this month, and there's no real announcement of anything coming up. I'm not saying the the ship is sinking, but it's starting to take on water, if you know what I mean. And with that, you also saw a lot of people posting a lot of uh, quitting threads on Reddit, you know, here and there. So things aren't looking good. So what do you guys think? I think it definitely needs to have something sooner than later. I mean, I'm surprised there wasn't as big of an attrition as I thought there'd be. I mean, I saw a few quitting posts. But we really didn't lose as many people as I honestly expected. I think people are kind of holding out to the end of the year. That might be the... And honestly, there just really isn't a, a good replacement game out 
for mobile. So, but I worry that if if a good mobile game comes out, and as many of you know, we're doing a Diablo podcast for a mobile game, and we, uh, you know, if I think if that game were to release tomorrow, it would it would be trouble for me personally because there's just nothing to do, and I PvP is boring. You know, the only thing we have right now is PvP, and we're bored doing that. So it's it, they they really need to do something soon. I really hope something's on the horizon. Let's hope so. Christmas is coming up. <laughs> Yeah, if we don't get something next month, there's gonna be an exodus. It's just it's gonna happen. Like I'm I'm worried. But it needs to happen now. And hopefully they can bring it on if they do something new and innovative, that they could bring it in with, you know, the positivity behind the, the Aquaman movie because that looks awesome. Right. So one thing uh, if if there is if whatever reason things, you know, got pushed back timelines changed whatever um if nothing else i really really hope we see a siege next month because that would at least distract us if there's more delays also just come out with a freaking announcement and say hey we have cool stuff planned unfortunately stuff happened sorry like that's all you need to say Alrighty then. So I guess with that, we'll wrap things up there for that part, and then we'll get into the shop talk real quick because there's not really much anything to talk about. So, in the shop talk, um, there was there really wasn't any updates, so there wasn't anything to note in terms of bug fixes, and then in terms of packs, really there hasn't been any change to pack patterns or anything at all. So with that being said. At the end of this month, at the end of November, I plan, for me personally, plan, I'll plan to release a shop pattern summary for pretty much everything that I've been keeping track of in up until now. Uh, I have a spreadsheet of all the stuff that's been happening in the shops since, I think, March of last year. But a lot of the patterns um, have pretty much solidified, in I would say, in the last three months. So with that, I'll release it. And if the marketing team plans to stick... That means it changes next month. <laughs> well, that's a good. <laughs> that's a, another reason for me to do this. If it actually brings about change, then that's good because I need, you know, it's really boring having this, being able to predict everything that's happening in the shop because of the way the packs are released because they're so boring that I don't want to even look and buy or even review them anymore. You guys remember at the beginning when I started out in Reddit, I was posting pretty much every other day about, you know, what if this pack is good or not. And I haven't been doing that maybe in at least half a year. So well, that that goes to the other stagnation. Without getting new content, we're also not seeing. I mean, even red alerts, characters haven't changed, and it's going on like it's over a year now, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's stuff funny. Like that. They, they know what our complaint is. I don't know what the holdup is. Red tape. Yeah, that one doesn't make sense to me because that one. I mean, I understand new content takes effort and time, but things like red alerts, it's like, come on, that that can't take any time. I'm going to give the developers uh, the benefit of the doubt knowing that they have a lot of stuff that they want to do but there's a lot of red tape that, and a lot of uh, bureaucracy that they have to put up with so that's at least giving them the benefit of the doubt but you know that's maybe me being too nice. Yeah but I mean but every other game has the same challenges and concerns and you, you gotta <laughs> you gotta put up or shut up at this point. Wait you mean we're gonna take the watchtower out of orbit and drop it right on top of their little science project. 
In the Community Watchtower, we're going to talk about uh, some questions that Pajami asked us on Reddit, and then well, I guess we'll go over our merger that's underway now. So uh, Pajami's first question was uh, sort of cosmetic-based. Well, both of his questions are cosmetics-based. So the first one says, what do you guys think are the coolest-looking uh, move animations in the game, and what do you think are the worst-looking animations in the game? So what do you guys think? I think Zod has some of the coolest animations yeah, I that I've there. ever seen. He, his animations are absolutely what you expect from General Zod. One of my favorites is what used to be the old passive for Dr. Fate. His animations have always been some of my favorites. I'm really digging all the villains. So like Enchantress, Zod, Steppenwolf. And then I also like DOJ because I got a soft spot for that. You have a specific I like Catwoman's flip too. My favorite animation is ironically a character I don't even use. It's Penguin. His Henchy's, Henchy's Attack is my favorite animation. <laughs> Henchy's Attack is probably all, is the best one. Like, for me... Well, Penguin's Henchy yeah. is super fun. Yeah, it's cute. Uh, and I think the worst animation, I think, is probably, like, most of us, most of us can agree on this one, is Superboy's Basic. Oh, gosh, don't get me started. <laughs> if, if, that, that, if that alone makes him the worst character in the game, in my opinion, just because it's so <laughs> slow and painful. My second most hated animation behind that is Batman Beyond, because he's so slow. It's like, why does he have to attack so slowly? I won't even use him because of it, even though he's a very good character. Actually, the one that I actually really dislike is Two-Face's AoE. It's so short. It's just like, what? Like you compare it to Joker Damage Goods Basic, and like the end, there's basically the same attack, and the Joker Damage Good one looks so much better in my opinion than the Two Face one because the Two Face one uses awkward camera angles and is so short. You're just like, what happened? <laughs> I haven't used him yet, so I, I couldn't tell you. But you I, I, basing against him, it does look like it's short. I, mean, I guess let's move on to the next question. And so Pajami's next question was, assuming we at some point get the ability to toggle character skins uh, back and forth between non-legendary and legendary looks, what are your favorite non-legendary skins in the game? So for me, the first one is obviously <laughs> Superman. The second and the third for me, I guess, would be... What's her name? Uh, Harley Quinn Magister's ba- uh, non-legendary costume is the original Harley Quinn Magister, I think. So I really like that costume. Doomsday. Easy for me. Bizarro. Bizarro, yeah. Catwoman all the way. Uh, Supergirl. Yeah, Supergirl is much better, too. So many of the female characters look so much better. I like Supergirl, Enchantress, and Poison Ivy base looks, because I don't like the green-blue skin for Enchantress and Ivy. Like, it's just weird. I don't like Ivy's pre-legendary. I know She's, like, one of the only ones. I know Doom's answer. Doom's answer is Riddler. <laughs> yeah, I, I I will run him non-legendary just because I want to annoy people. Big brawler Riddler. That's fair. <laughs> All right, I will wrap up the question there. For the the rest, the only part we really want to talk about in the community watchtower was, I guess, the merger that's underway. But I guess since we covered that at the beginning of the show, we can skip that, I guess, then. Is that cool? Cool. Yep. All right. You guys sure. will see. Tell us if you like it after we do it. <laughs> yep. So, We're doing it either way, so... Fair enough. So I guess with that, we'll wrap up the show there. And I guess, Ogre, uh, give us our final last words of the Oddsman broadcast. This has been a great trip, y'all. Without the community support, I don't know how long we would have been doing this or if we even would have started doing this or, you know, whatever. It's been a fun, long road. And I do look forward to continuing to bring you guys good content. 
here in the future as we merge into WROL broadcasts. We have a lot of good stuff planned for you guys with that. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Like, I, you know, it's getting emotional. It's been a long road <laughs> that has been so much fun. And I can't really express that enough. I can't really find the words right now. I wasn't really prepared for that. But we're not leaving. So I guess this isn't really farewell. So I can't really. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Um, yeah. But... And this is the inbox. Etrigan's <laughs> terrible, but I'm glad I didn't show up. And Arcus. <laughs> he loves Arcus. <laughs> anyways. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening. I'm guys. secretly Asian because I visited Japan once. um for me for on my side yeah it i think this is it's another step for us moving forward um it was a lot of fun doing the odds and broadcast the way we did um through all the variations and all the format changes that we did but this is not um the end of us this is just a step in a different direction and in a better direction and uh as we've said before uh, we're going to bring you um, more content, better content, and just all in one place rather than two. So for those of you guys who don't know already, um, we're all basically merging all of our stuff onto the We Are Legends stuff that's already there. So if you guys are already following them and subscribing to them, then nothing really changes for you. But otherwise, for the time being, get onto the We Are Legends Patreon, their YouTube, uh, and their SoundCloud and all of our stuff will be there as well and in the very short future in by by i guess december a lot of the oddsman's current uh leaked stuff will be shut down and all of our stuff will be accessed uh probably at the beginning of december um through the wrol uh so if you're on the we are legends pages the url and the links will just change automatically to wrol and hopefully hate will also update all his reddit posts so that all that stuff's up to date too so that's it. I guess while you guys are on the show, you guys want to say goodbye? Thanks, guys. We will be having We Are Legends the following week. We're going to have two episodes, and we'll be ending on our 50th episode. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. And The Oddsman was a fun podcast to listen to, but we'll be listening to our news version of The Oddsman as well going forward. Oddsman was dope. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Alright, take care guys. Good night. For last week's Winner's Circle, we have Danny Bess of UJLA for Bizarro Fragments. And this week, we have Miller Time from the Court of Owls for the Brainiac Fragments. And Top Alliances again were UJLA. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oddsman Broadcast. Be sure to check out the next episode of We Are Legends coming up next week.